I just wanted to let you know I'm so excited to share with you that the doors are now open to my new course, Faith Fueled Joy. You guys, it's been a labor of love, and we will officially start the modules in January, but I'm going to have a whole month in December of things to get you started so that you can step into more joy, you can step into more peace and calm in your life, and that you can really step into the role and the type of day that God has intended for us. So I'm so, so excited. So if anybody that signs up between now and mid-December, you're going to get all sorts of extras, extra um, modules to kind of get the holidays kick-started in a calmer way. And then we'll start the official four-week course in January. So this is really for any of you, just like myself, that were feeling like daily life was weighing you down, or maybe that life is full of so many responsibilities and obligations that there was no time to increase or deepen your faith, have more meaningful relationships, step into or reignite your passion, your creativity, and and just have a calmer spaces and do more for ourselves so that we have more well-being. And so that's what the course is about. I'd love for you to learn more at faithfueledjoy.com. And by the end of the course, you can expect to find more balance and joy that you're craving through meaningful breaks. And this is going to be together with a community of women to support and encourage us that will help us stay on track and achieve our goals. But I want you to say goodbye to the chaos and embrace the life where balance means nurturing your faith, relationships, and passions one meaningful break at a time. I can't wait to connect with you all and take you through the strategies and tools and the research-based insights that have changed my life and other women's as well. You guys, let's create a life that's flowing with joy, faith, and purpose together. Once again, go check out all the information about the course at faithfueledjoy.com. Hi, beautiful friends, and welcome back to the show. Today, I have a special episode for you. We are going to talk about caregiving. It's National Caregiving Month, so before the month is over, I wanted to share this episode with you. We are going to talk to a caregiver and also a caregiver coach. We're going to dive into how do we as caregivers take care of our whole health? How do we find rest? How do we find encouragement and support? How do we overcome defeating thoughts and how do we find that strength in Christ, that grace that he offers us every day of our caregiving journey? So whether you're a nurse, whether you're you're a parent, whether you're caregiving for a spouse or a child or an elderly loved one, the point is, is there can be hard days. There can be hard roads ahead and it can be a lonely and isolating place. And so we are going to lift up this conversation and I hope that you'll get something out of it. I hope that you'll share this with people you know that are caregivers in some way in their lives, because I think the number is something like 53 million people are caregivers at any given time. And so most of us can relate to being a caregiver, whether it's for a season, whether we're currently in the trenches and it's a long-term caregiving situation, or whether we, as our calling, are our, are a caregiver. So I hope that you enjoy this episode and I can't wait to share it. Welcome to Faith Field Woman, a podcast designed for Christian women eager to deepen their faith and shine God's light in every aspect of their lives. Each week, we'll delve into practical strategies, inspiring stories, and biblical wisdom to equip you with the tools you need to navigate life's challenges and grow deeper in your faith. From finding calm in the chaos, forming deep Christian friendships, to everyday ways to connect with God, we'll cover it all. Hi, I'm your host, Kristen. I'm an encourager, a faith-led entrepreneur, a mom, and a wife. Let's be encouraged in our everyday lives as we let our faith guide us, fuel us, and fill us with God's incredible peace, wisdom, and joy in our lives. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome my guest, Adriana Watt. She is a registered nurse and a caregiver coach, and she helps weary caregivers prioritize their whole health and serve others well. She's also a mom, uh, she had, she homeschooled her kids and still does some, and she's in ministry. And I'm so excited for this conversation today for several reasons. One, she let me know that this is actually National Caregiver Month, which I'm excited to share this episode so that we can really get this out to more people that are caregiving or that they know caregivers. Two, we're going to talk about how do we caregivers care for ourselves as well? How do we find strength in our relationship with Christ? And how do we make sure that we have a community of people that are helping to support us? So I want to welcome her today. Welcome, Adriana. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. It's such an important conversation, and I think it's so needed. And you're obviously more in this space than I am specifically. 
but I know just from my own circle of friends, how needed these kind of conversations are and how needed getting more of the conversations out to people so that one, they understand how important it is for them to focus on their health and getting and caring for themselves, you know, because it's not an easy job, you know, as a caregiver. So could you first start with telling us a little bit about what life has looked like and then how you stepped into this sort of work? So I was trying to think about like what life looked like before I stepped into this work. And um, my story was that I was a um, registered nurse and mama to um, two kids and then pregnant with another one. And I'm still working and loving my work. I worked in pediatric critical care, neonates, and just loved serving families. Um, But it came to a point that as I was getting closer to my delivery date, I was feeling pretty overwhelmed and asking people like, how do you do all this? This isn't really working. And I was having like, you know, tiny symptoms, like, you know, headaches for no reason, or just feeling tired a lot. But then um, after one of my children, my third, my health really declined. And they did diagnose me with postpartum depression and anxiety. But it when the first counselor saw me, and she was very specific for postpartum, she said, I'm surprised that you've lasted this long. <laughs> because you are a caregiver in every direction it's caught up to you. And so that really gave me one, I had to restructure my life, how I lived it, um, how I lived it out, um, how I served and um, how I, how I cared for myself. And then I realized that I was one of millions that do the same thing as me. I really wanted to, I don't know, I felt like it was a secret of how to share your health and how to care for it when you're, when you have so much going on. And so I wanted to share the secret. And when I go back just a little bit, I have to share this story that I just remember always being a caregiver. And I tried to think back of when I was the youngest and I think it was around nine or 10. Um, My grandmother was foster care. Um, she did foster care in her home and I would, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. I was very close to her and we worked shoulder to shoulder. And she was in the season where she had like four babies at once. And I loved babies. And so we would just hold the babies and comfort them for all the different reasons they had. We did caregiving together. And so that was what I thought life should always be. Um, always caring for others. And I mean, I, it's how God made me from yes. the inside out, you know? Um, and he, and my grandmother was a big witness to that. And we prayed over those babies. And then it just seemed like the natural thing to become a nurse. I did at one point think about becoming a doctor, but then I thought I won't get to talk to my patients as much. I won't get to hold the babies as much. Right. And so nursing really felt like more of a calling. And so Yeah. So that's, I think, I think I answered your question. (laughs) Yeah. That's yeah. It's so good. So I have the first question I have for you is what, what would you just tell us about who is a caregiver? What does a caregiver look like? Because I think it's very broad, but some people might not quite, they may not see that. And so I just want to define it a little bit, maybe because I think a lot more of us are caregivers than we realize. You're exactly right. I define it the simplest way is if you give care to others, then you're a caregiver. Now, you might not, you might say, oh, well, I don't do that for my job, or I only, you know, oh, well, that's just volunteering. But if you're a tutor, then you give care to your students. Um, If you're a nurse or in any sort of medical field, you're giving care to your patients. Um, If you're a parent, mom, dad, um, grandparent, you're giving care to all the children that are under you in as many layers. But it also can be friends. It can be someone in your church that is going through a sickness and you're caring for them. Um, And I also say it, it is entrepreneurs, faith entrepreneurs, because we are we care for the whole person 
just because you're helping them with a business or a service, you also are caring for them with Christ. I mean, and I think Christ was like the pinnacle caregiver. And so if we're all walking with Christ, then we're probably all caregivers in some sort of way. Yeah. And I think, uh, as we talked about before we started recording, you know, so there's, there's many layers of caregiving and there's seasons for some of us at different amounts of caregiving they will be needed. And for some of us, like you said, it might be our job or it might be that we're a parent. Uh, it may be that our significant other or our elderly parents are needing caregiving help. And of course it can get much more where it's, it's 24 seven a day, right? So in other words, and this conversation, we'll really talk about all the ranges and how all of the things that you're going to share can help all of us, if we're any sort of caregiver, whether yeah. we're somebody that's in the, the the serious trenches where it's 24 seven and it's pretty serious care, right. Versus, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you're serving in a business or in a role where you do that sort of work. And so that's what I love is that we're going to really help you at any place you're at of caregiving. And even if you're at somebody where it's, it's pretty overwhelming right now, we're going to talk about all that. So I love that you, uh, you shared that. Yes. And I really, I believe that, you know, when you're in a caregiving season, no matter how long or short it is, I believe your health has to be prioritized because you are, you want to pour out from a place of overflow in Christ. And when you don't, you end up one being exhausted. And that's why I serve weary caregivers, but you also are doing it in your own strength. So the care you're giving, it just, that stuff can bubble up that human stuff of, man, I really would rather be hanging out at a coffee shop right now, or I wish that I didn't have to do this, you know, or just you, because you get burnt out and your thoughts can go to a place, um, of, of just negativity or, or, um, even just like, I don't deserve this. And that's not the heart you want to share from. It's not the heart you want to serve from. And, and it's probably not the heart that motivated you to start caregiving. And so we have to be careful of that because, um, I don't like to use the word, um, burnt out because I always think of a match and a match once it's burnt out, it's used up. And I really believe when you're weary, the Lord can give you strength and then you can do more. And so we just need to, you know, really, really be connected to him in that. And I think that can help, like you said, anyone in any season for as long as that season lasts. So let me first ask you this. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges that caregivers have? Is it like chronic high stress? Is it that it's physical, de- physically demanding, that emotional, is it just all the things? And so maybe dig into that for us a little bit. Okay. And so, yeah, I would say caregivers, one of the reasons I really talk about whole health in Christ is because it it is, it's the whole gamut. And I think some people might struggle with one aspect more than the other. Um, you might find people that just really have defeating thoughts and they are just like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this day. This is too hard for me. Or this is this story is never going to end um, because they're dealing with chronic um, things or they have a 20-year caregiving journey in front of them. But also it can just be we can't get through to insurance and doctors and medical supplies. Medical supplies are a huge thing for many caregivers and the medical supply customer service is really, really low on for all um, any kind of medical supplies. And then just dealing with the doctor's appointments and, um, you know, some of that stuff, like, let's be honest, like I might understand it because I'm a nurse, but most people, it's a different language and you're having to navigate all these doctors and maybe a whole bunch of medications. And so that can be a struggle. And then, like you said, physical demands, because the person you're caring for might need to be lifted. They might need total care, or they might need just some care, but either way, you're holding them and that they're not babies forever, or you might be caring for a parent or a spouse. And so, you know, they're grown, but the emotional toll too, um, like you said, the stress of, of just carrying the needs of others. 
I think really um, plays a big part in caregivers. And spiritually, I would say that's the hardest one for me because I feel like I have heard so many different caregivers share with me about their struggles to understand, like, where is God in this? Why did he let this happen? Um, Why isn't he coming through for me? Why isn't he healing? Or not, or even a chronic illness parent wondering, why would he do this to my children? make their mom so sick. And so that part for me, I I will say that part is the hardest because I feel like he is our anchor. And so when you're struggling with the spiritual part of um, caregiving, it can really impact you lonely in all the ways. It's not just that people aren't around, but you just, you feel like you've been abandoned by God. And that's, that's just really that's a tough one. And it takes some real heart work and time to work through that. And it changes people's faith. And that makes me, in some ways, that's really good because they see that suffering and they're partnering with Christ. And in other people, it can pull them away from from Christ. And so that that's just a really tender spot for me because it makes me so sad. I want to encourage them that he's here for them you know, and I'm going to be the hands and feet of Jesus to you. So you know, he's here. And one last part that you highlighted is that a lot of, especially the heavy loads. And you know what, I would say even the small seasons, you need a lot of support. Mm -hmm. And I think for most people, it's just not there. And maybe because they're private, maybe just because there aren't people. I just, I mean, for my own caregiving journey, I just don't have that. I don't have, um, I don't have in-person support. I have very, I have people praying and people cheering me on and, um, you know, stuff like that, sending maybe an encouraging gift here and there, but I don't have people in the mess with me, you know, helping and, And so then it's all on you. And for me, it's all on my spouse and I to do that. And it's heavy, you know? So I think of all the struggles, I think a caregiver knowing that people are going to be there when they need them, that's huge. I so agree with you. Yeah, gosh, there's so much. We're going to dig into what you just talked about, you know, like highlighted on. But two of the things I want to start with from what you just said is, the privacy. And then I also want to talk about community because they're both so huge. And uh, one of my friends, when she's been going through in a caregiver season uh, in the last couple of years, the first time she was finding herself in a caregiving season, you know, she said, you know, she really wasn't wanting to share with everyone, which is absolutely, there's no right answer to this. So this is not my, this is not my point. But what she found is by not telling people she was trying to navigate when she saw people that they were friends with at different levels. She was like, Oh, who do I tell what she was trying to filter it. She was spending all this mental energy on that. Mm. But what she found the second time she went through a caregiving season is I learned from for in her case, I learned from the first time that because I wasn't sharing everything going on, I was also not getting all the support I could have had other than her close network, which she had a, a strong network. But the point being the second time from day one, she started sharing about their journey and what was going on. And it it just allowed this burden to be off of her where she wasn't trying to worry about what she told people. It was like, this is our life. This is what we're going through. And I'm just have to be okay with, you know, of course, share the details you want to share. I'm not saying, right, right. but she realized that um, being okay with sharing the journey with anybody that she was friends with, whether she chose to share it online or at church or whatnot, the point was, is it, it released this, um, navigating or this worry of like who to tell what to. And I think it, you know, she learned from that first time that's like, she got more support by sharing a little bit more, you know, and not being worried like, oh, I don't want them to know that we have this diagnosis. And so one, I'm just curious from your perspective, have you noticed anything about that? And like I said, I don't mean you have to share it with the whole world. I'm just wondering about that privacy piece. Like, are, have you found that people do get more support if they're willing to be a little more open? I would say 
Yes and no, because I think some people that are private, they they don't want people in their space. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's kind of like this really hard place for them of if I open up the space, I'm not sure what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. And it's unpredictable. And so they might get more help, but are they getting the help they need? Right. Um, because sometimes you get help and that help might be a burden. Right. You do not need a burden when you're ne- needing help. So, um, so, and some people, it's just too much for them to, to figure that out. And so they just need a few safe people. And then um, one of the, one caregiving situation that I was, uh, uh, you know, a privy to was they, the, the parents were so immersed in caring for the child that another dear friend kind of stepped in and set up all the care. Yeah. And that was a beautiful gift because then they don't have to share everything. Right. And they can tell her what to share. So right. it feels safe. And then they just get the help they need without all the extra input because sometimes... Um, people will come to your house to help. And I remember this, you know, like people would say, this didn't happen to me, but I remember people saying this, like when they had a new baby and people would come to visit and they'd bring a meal and they'd bring a gift, but then they would stay for hours. And that mama was exhausted Mm -hmm. and she was not going to ask them to leave. So, so sometimes that, you know, and I think that happens the same, like, um, with, like a situation, especially a seasonal one, like a, a long surgery recovery or cancer diagnosis or a baby in the NICU, that kind of stuff where it's very urgent. Um, we just have to be careful as the outsiders to that caregiver that we do not put anything extra on them because they probably will care for you because they're a caregiver and they, they don't need to. They just need to be cared for. So, um, but in the sense of if you share more people know and they help, the one time I've seen that happen, not in a good way, is that there wasn't anyone to help. Mm -hmm. And so when they shared, they felt more vulnerable Mm -hmm. because now they shared and no one came. And so you really, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong, like you said, and I don't know how much is the best way, but I think when you have a good network, definitely sharing. <laughs> and if you don't have a good network, I think, I think it, it's going to be some, it's going to be a little more wobbly about how it will work. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think you, you brought up a great example about the, the friend of the couple that was, you know, caring for their child. And I've found that with people that are close to me that have been through a caregiving season. And it's that they had to learn how to say what they needed, which is not easy. You know, and I've actually, through watching other people, learned some stuff from that. Because if you're a caregiver, like so many of us listening, like we are in different different capacities, I'm used to caring for people. So I want to be like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, don't worry right. about it. But so watching sometimes other people caregive in a higher level or for a longer season has allowed me to see, okay, this is sort of how you na- you can navigate these situations and having to start being open and will, I mean, honest, like someone saying, can I bring you dinner? Well, actually we don't really need dinner tonight, but another night in a week, you know, or like you said, helping people. And I've absolutely done that with my dad, which we'll get into, you know, some of the stories in a little bit, uh, but he has Parkinson's. And so of course, it's daily caregiving from his uh, wife and from us, you know, as we go over there, but then also with my friends, it's setting up, you know, it might be a food system for them, you know, and it might be only one meal a week, but knowing what they need and telling people and communicating it to other people for them helped a lot. So to your point, so that it wasn't overwhelmed and it wasn't 10 meals in four days. Yeah. And so I think both of your, your caregiver trying to be honest about what it is you need if someone asks and and being mm-hmm. okay with saying, no, not right now, but I will let you know when you could help me in this certain way. 
And so while that's hard for some of us, I think, to do, I think if you can start learning to do that, even before you're having to caregive is important. And then if you're a friend of a caregiver, just saying like, hey, do you want me to help in this way? Can I set this thing up for you? Like you said, I've done that many times for people, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, whether it's a new baby or it's somebody has a diagnosis or whether it's an elder parent, but, you know, or somebody fell, it's like, what, what do you need? Or could I provide this? And and if not, that's okay. You know, like letting them know you're not going to hurt my feelings, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I just want to help you and support you how I can. Right. And, and that's one of the things that I really, when I am working with my clients, I'm saying, we're going to talk about your needs. Mm, Yes. And we're going to be really, really honest and raw. And this, and, and almost put it out there because I've seen that happen so many times where they've put out a need and it hasn't been met. They, they hold them back. Right. And they keep them inside because if they let them out and they're not met, well, that hurts more. And so we do an exercise where we just, you know, it's almost like a brain dump of all their needs. And I always tell them, you know, you don't have to share it with me because that might be too hard too. Right. Because of that just vulnerability of you're going to have all these memories of needs that may not have gone unmet. Um, But if we can write them all down, then we can get a good handle on, hey, this one, we can work on that. And we can change that to that is no longer a need for you because we have found a way to, you know, delegate that out. And one of the things that I really, I've seen that happen so much that they don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I think in the seasonal kind of thing, it's crisis, right? And you just can't think clearly. But if you're in a long caregiving thing, most people think, oh, well, that's just what they do every day. Not in a mean way, but just that's their normal life. So they're good when their normal life is heavy. Mm. So anytime you can take something off their plate or let's be... I'll be really vulnerable there. Like some caregivers are just isolated. They just want someone to come visit them. Right. Come say hi to them. And, and, you know, it's nice to be invited out and you should always invite out a caregiver, even if you know that they will say no, because they want to be included. But if you can, you could say, Hey, you know, I know you haven't been able to go out for coffee with the ladies and you've had different things going on. How about I come over and I bring coffee? I mean, most caregivers are going to say no right off the bat. And then they're going to be like, you know, that would be really nice. And I mean, and that's a simple half an hour and you're not doing anything but talking shop. And I would say that too, like when you want to serve a caregiver and they let you come over for coffee, you don't have to talk about any of the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. You can just talk about regular life. Cause they have to do hard stuff all the time. So I, I really want to, um, you know, I'm so in the trenches of helping caregivers, but I've, I've been reached out to recently a few times about how can you show us how to love caregivers? Yeah. How can you show us how to love widows? Because widows are, go through a long caregiving season and then their person passes. And then what do they do? Their whole identity has shifted and they're grieving. And so they don't even know where they fit. It really made me think like, how can we serve them? How can we, how can we care for them? Because even if they're, even if they're done with that season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I so agree with you. So yeah, on that point, is there anything else that you would share about how, how do we support, you know, and care for caregivers beyond what we talked about? Like, is there anything else that people should be doing that have caregivers in their life just to make sure, you know, if they're your, you know, you're, they're your people, they're your circle. That we're yeah. If they're your people, I would remind them that you're praying for them, mm-hmm. you know, that you see that you see all they're carrying and they're doing a good work for the Lord. I mean, who would not love that encouragement, especially caregivers who feel very unseen, feel invisible. 
So, and you can do that with a text or a card or something, but also I do have a friend that there's a neighbor they have and their child has special needs. And so she can't help a lot, but she, like, I think it's every year for their anniversary, she says, you have five hours. And she goes and spends time with their child and they get to do their thing. And it's a guarantee that they get to celebrate their anniversary. I mean, if there's a caregiver in your life that you could do that for, I mean, it would be a tremendous gift. Um, And then the only other thing I would say is, and this is more of um, not uh, maybe a spouse caregiver or um, caregiving for kids is that that spouse that's caring for her husband or wife, she probably doesn't get to spend time with her children as much. And that parent doesn't get to spend time with the other siblings as much. So if if you're in a close network and you could be a blessing and somehow provide for that in some way, whether it's a fun gift card or you just offer to go play games or to go with them somewhere so they can be present for the other people. Um, that, I mean, these are like, this is what I want to see in the world. You know, when someone's at the grocery store and they're trying to handle everything, someone just swoops up and says, Oh, I'd love to help you get to the car. You know, those are the little things, but the big ones, like you said, in the network, mm-hmm. I mean, caregivers probably would never ask for that. It would be a big So let me ask you though about community. So for people that do feel isolated, because it is, it can be very isolating, that maybe don't feel like they have a network or people that they're sharing, you know, kind of their journey, right? Their daily challenges of caregiving, because it it can be hard work. It is hard work. So is there any any recommendations you have for how do you connect with other people when you're in a caregiver season? Well, the one way that I found, and I know a lot of people um, are kind of, you know, people are in two camps about social media um, and different community groups, but some of those groups, you can feel so seen because they know exactly what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, I've done podcasts, you know, podcasts make you feel not alone because you might want to talk to your friend, but you just can't line it up. And so that person speaking on a podcast can be speaking right into your heart and ministering to you. And then um, one of my favorite things of of mine is I just have an app where I can send a voice message or some of my friends send videos. And so that's how we connect Mm -hmm. um, on our own terms when we can, and then they can just read it on their own terms when they can. But I have found just recently, I spent time with another caregiver of a child with special needs and they said, you know, I need more families like mine in the church. Um, And we do a small group together because they get my life. Right. You put them in a a mixed small group or which could be really awesome, right? Because then you get some networking. Mm-hmm. But they got to be ready to love on them because they just can't show up the same as that person that doesn't have those things. Right. And so I'm continuing to pray for the church to be that too. And I think some people have found that in their church, mm-hmm. but but others haven't yet. So we're still working on that. And, you know, we'll get there. I think yeah. we'll get there. Yeah, I love that because uh, and I have a friend in the, my local area that many, many years ago, her son is an adult now. Um, but set up spectrum, spectrum parents group, right? So they do all sorts of fun activities for kids that maybe need it to be quieter, right? Or they need it. So it's like, if they do roller skating, it can't be with everyone else where there's loud music. And so they, they coordinate all these experiences for their families. And, um, but it's not, you know, it's not right now tied to a church. So whether you can find a, a group or community, you know, whether it's an elderly parent or a child, you know, with special needs, but try to look, or some yeah. other person to have a connection with. If you don't already have those connections and it's so worth your time to, to invest a teeny bit of time. And I know a lot of people don't have time, right? They're limited. Right, on right. Time. But that's why to your point, using technology yes. can be a really great tool, whether it's finding a support group, 
or mm-hmm. what's local in your area or connecting with maybe, you know, a friend, an old friend, your mm-hmm. family member, you know, but just like you said, it's on your time, but you do want to be able to have someone you can share with for sure. Yeah. And they, they can always come and hang out with me. I'm yeah. more than happy to do that. Um, Cause really, you know, with my caregiving plate, that's what works right now. I might get to go out and do something every once in a while, but it's pretty rare. And I'm okay with that. This is the, this is the life that the Lord has given me and I want to be planted and embrace it, but it doesn't mean we don't need community. And so we just have to find it other ways. And you're right. There are so many groups out there and some of those groups for me, they're intimidating. And so, um, I love to do more, you know, I'm in a bit of an introvert, (laughs) so it's helpful to not have to like that be your start. And I also would say the library, the library is a really great place because they welcome everyone and, and you can just go for a little bit and be around people. They usually have book clubs and, you know, crafting things. So a library is a really great place. Hmm, so good. So what, why don't you share with us um, as we start wrapping up, tell us about the, you know, how Christ cares about our whole health and how it's so important for caregivers to focus on their whole health. Well, one of the scriptures that I love so much is um, it's in, I think it's the Shema and they call it the Shema. I guess I learned that in BBS or something, but it's the verse in Deuteronomy where it says to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And I'm like, that's whole health. Mm -hmm. He wants us to love him that way. And that's how he loves us. And so he cares. He cares about every single aspect of our health. I mean, he cares about the hairs on our head, which people say is a physical thing, but it's also a representation of every detail of us. And I use the phrasing whole health in Christ because I know we can leave. Well, I don't know how to leave Christ out of things, if I'm honest, Um, because he is such a big, I mean, he, yeah, he's everything to me. And I feel like I, I have a kingdom mindset. And so I see everything through the lens of scripture and where he is. And I also see health as, I mean, there's such a beautiful pictures in the gospel of how he wanted to heal people, but he didn't just want to heal physical. He wanted to heal. He wanted to give them his righteousness so they could be forgiven of all their sins. That's spiritual. That's physical. And then you think of the man that was begging by the well. I mean, he lived a whole life of being ignored and persecuted for what he did. That's emotional. That's mental. So I, I mean, my eyes just see it as I read scripture, especially the gospels to see how God, how Christ cared for people all through out and healings and um, stuff like that. So yeah, it's just, it's all in there for me. It's all wrapped up. But I also would say that as far as the caregiver, um, one of the things that was a really big thing for my health struggle was mental health. And so I had to learn how to reframe my thoughts by renewing my mind in scripture. And so I just, you know, just that whole idea of bringing Christ's word into things to be able to take your thoughts captive so that you can replace them with truth. And you're no longer, you know, walking this line of, having all these things bombard you without any of his armor, without his mind on you. And that's something as a believer, we all get, we like, it's a privilege. It's an inheritance. Um, He gives that to us. And um, just recently, Kristen, I listened to a book that I had no idea it was going to be about health. And it was about a priest that has spent his last days working with adults with disabilities and mental health and um, all kinds of things. And he was sharing how every day we get to choose to live under God's blessing or live under, you know, the old just curse 
And so we can look at our illness and say, oh, this is because of a fallen world and this is just how it's going to be and I'm going to be chronically ill. And and that's all true. But if we look under under a blessing, we say, how can this suffering produce character in me? For me, my suffering gave me so much compassion, compassion that I already thought I had as a caregiver. I already thought I had as a nurse. And it, I mean, it's just a whole new world. And then I've walked through chronic illness with one of my children. And once again, my compassion was like, oh no, there's a lot of places to grow here. And, um, and so I think we can always be growing in that. And then passing it on, like you said, as we walk through it, even your friend, she learned the next time how to walk through it in a different way, how to walk through it with pulling people in because people really, I mean, as much as some people don't have a network, a lot of people want to be right there with you. They want to walk with you. They, they don't want you to carry it all by yourself. Um, and so it really is like, to me, I envision the church as a whole thing, not the building as just what if we saw people and we were just always just bringing them along, you know, like, okay, you're, you know, you're walking a little slower or you're dealing with this illness or you need to go to, that's okay. We'll just pause for a minute and we'll gather you up and keep on going. So I don't know, it's all wrapped up in there for me. I don't know how to separate it. Oh, that's so beautiful. and So well said. And yeah, I mean, at the end, it's all about loving people. Right. Yes. Continuing to show up and loving people, regardless of the, the, our circumstances, regardless of the chaos, regardless of, you know, where we're all at on the, our faith journeys or our health journeys. It's, it's just right. showing up and loving people well and encouraging them for sure. Because yes. when you were talking, even my dad, who's not the caregiver, right? He's the one being cared for, but because he's been quite uh, more ill in the last two weeks than normal because they had been sick, he, uh, he, his, his, strength was already diminished from the Parkinson's, but then it got quite bad and it's getting better, but it's getting better slowly. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't, he's not seeing it, but I'm like, dad, you did X, Y, and Z today. And look, look, I can tell because, you know, but it's like, if I don't point out to him, you know, he's a fairly positive person. Right. But it's probably felt pretty hopeless to him the last two weeks, but telling him those things. And, you know, you still have this goal later, dad, I I know you can't do it right now Mm -hmm. for, you know, to, to work on this project hopefully he can, right? We none, none of us know, but God about that. But, you know, but then he's like, oh, you know what? I guess you're right. You know, but it's the same thing, whether you're the person's being cared for or the caregiver or just yes. our friend. We all just need, like you said, somebody to, to like notice, notice mm-hmm. what's going on with us. Notice a little change. Notice like, and acknowledge you're working so hard, right? Like you're so, yes. you're so wonderful and graceful at this and you're so kind and you're so loving. And so I think, right, it's just acknowledging other people. Yes. Taking the time, whether it's a stranger on the street or the grocery store, right? Like you're, you're doing such a good job with your do- your daughter, right? Or it's someone you're very close to just telling people, right? Don't stay silent. Like sh- just like you said, love people, but also speak up, speak up and say something, you know, over their life. What are you seeing? You know? Yes. Yeah. And I, I think it's so important. Like you mentioned, the hopelessness can be there and it can, and that's part of that weariness and it can come for the caregiver or for the person being cared for. And so to speak life over them, every opportunity you get. And like you said, acknowledging, cause it is, um, there's just this invisibleness to it. And I've found that with my child with chronic illness, it's invisible to everyone else. Yeah. So they don't know how hard that person is working to do the same thing you're doing. Yes. And if we just have that in our head, like there could be a person around us that's really working hard to do the same thing we're doing. Not only can we be grateful for the body we have, but we can also just be, be kind and, and just go out of our way to be kind because you don't know. I've watched that with two of my children and I've had to say it to people that should know. This is really hard. They're they're working so much harder than all these other people in the room. Right. 
we have to, we have to show grace. Right. And, and I was working really hard when I was ill just to, just to get up every day and do life. Right. And, you know, just because I got up and I looked like I was good doesn't mean that it wasn't hard. And so, yeah, just, you said it. I don't need to say it again. You said it. Just being kind. Yeah. So any last words of encouragement that you'd like to share before we wrap up? I I was trying to think of like how I would encourage all the caregivers listening. And I think a lot of the things we've said, and, but I do want to say that if no one sees what you're doing, God sees. If no one recognizes how hard it is, God knows. And if, if you have been praying and praying and praying that something would change, whether that's how you feel about your caregiving situation, about the person you're caregiving, I was reminded that our God moves mountains with his voice. And it has just stuck with me that I need to not look at the word world under that brokenness. I need to look at the world under the blessing. And if I'm looking at it with his eyes, he's moving. And I just have to um, embrace it. And that, that's been a big thing for me is embracing my caregiver reality. and inviting Christ into every single part, whether it's the hard nights, whether it's the thoughts, whether it's the the heavy person I'm lifting, or even my faith going, where are you? Inviting him in. I think that would be my biggest encouragement. Um, That's lovely. And thank you for sharing all of that. You know, it it reminded me of something I read, and I'm not going to remember the book off the top of my head, but she shared something and I'll have to find it for the putting it in the show notes. She shared something that said, you can't be in both a state of worry and awe at the same time, like, or a state of anxiety. And, you know, another thing I said, or read said, you can't be in a growth and a survivor mindset at the same time. So while it does, our whole health matters, right. And we have to take care of ourselves. It really does, like you said, come down to capturing those thoughts and learning, you know, to replace them with scripture, learning to replace them with more um, positive. And I get that sometimes it doesn't feel like a positive situation, but it's, it's that being grateful, just being mm-hmm. thankful for that moment, being thankful that the sun is shining today. And I can feel it on my face for a two minutes outside break that I get, right. It's in other words, it's really taking our whole day and breaking it down into tiny little bits and being thankful, you know, saying a little prayer. And so I think if we all just remember, like if we can be in more awe of our God and his creation, even in the hard seasons, even in the hard days, we start taking on a different um, perception, right? And a different Mm -hmm. heart. And so I would just encourage everybody that's, I think that's the first way that we start shifting a bit, you know, and like you said, being under that blessing of God is by keep coming back to that grateful heart, keep coming back to like, What's the one moment of beauty or what's the one thing in this moment that there is something beautiful in it, even in the hard, you know, hard season of caregiving? Yeah. And I, I call that defiant joy Yeah, um, where I'm always fighting, not in the sense of fighting against God, uh-huh. but fighting to see his joy, fighting to see his fingerprints in every part of our life even the really stinky parts, because there are stinky parts. Um, And we never want to like deny, I try to really acknowledge those parts, but not dwell there. Um, And um, the one, one scripture that I was going to share, if if that's okay. And this is, this is one of the, I've created a lot of tools based on this scripture. It just really has spoken to me. But the book of Philippians is one of the books that I just I, I've read over and over and over. It has given me so much encouragement because he was going through so much and he was still joyful and he still saw his, his purpose in the Lord, even when it's not, you know, when he was in chains. And I relate that a lot to caregivers being isolated. So this is Philippians 4, 8. 
Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And like you said, that's where our thoughts need to be. And it just redirects us, recenters us, resets us, does all, refreshes us. It does all the re's, <laughs> renews. So. so good. Thank you for sharing that. And Adriana, I just want to thank you for coming and joining me today and just sharing your heart, um, your heart with the work you're doing, the heart you have to serve other caregivers, of course, your family, and just all the experience and stories you shared with us that I hope will encourage you know, some caregivers in their own life, whether they're, you know, it's just daily caregiving for, you know, our own kids or whether we have a, a harder season of caregiving, you know, where, like you said, it's long-term and it's more chronic. I just hope people know that the, they're loved, they're seen and the work they're doing is so important. So thank you for joining us. Can you share with us though, before we wrap up, where can people connect with you online if they'd like to learn more about the caregiving coaching that you're doing? Yes. Thank you so much for letting me share. It yeah. brings me so much joy. You can find me um, just audrianawatt.com. That's my website. And then everything is there. So that's a great place to find me. You can find just things to help you. One of the things that I start with caregivers is resting. So that's that's what we do. We learn how to rest. Mm-hmm. So then we can go pour out again. Enjoy. I love that. So good. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you. And I want to wrap up today's episode sharing this quote with you. It is by Jerry Bridges of The Discipline of Grace. Your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. Every day of our Christian experience should be a day of relating to God on the basis of His grace alone. Thanks again for listening to the show. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you could take a minute to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast because it helps our show get discovered by more people. And if you'd like to be encouraged in your faith and in your life, go on to kristenfitch.com and sign up to get my newsletter. I have lots of freebies and lots of inspiration and encouragement that'll be coming your way. And I would love it if you joined part of our community. 